the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, invested in more. Can you rate weirder? I think Hollywood is writing what's happening in Hollywood. Hollywood is writing what's happening in the White House right now. Uh, minus the, f- well, okay, so it's not an action movie, <laughs> right? Um, but we're just seeing just stuff that's tough for people to like put together, I think is the best way of saying it. Uh, stimulus deal twists can only get so many in the world of CNN, in the world of CNBC, in the world of, you know, you. <clears throat> the stimulus deal appears to a $900 billion deal. But that's not yet for the end of the moment. Donald Trump said yesterday, he called it a disgrace. And Trump had his desire to see Congress increase its direct stimulus from $600 to $2,000 per person. It's a stunning twist considering Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin working presumably on behalf of the White House was involved in negotiating the $600 payment. So it shouldn't have been a surprise to anyone. Instantly, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi is like, oh, sweet. <laughs> I like that idea. Let's do increase the boost to $2,000 a person from 600 And it's kind of like – Trump is throwing the Senate and Mitch McConnell under the bus. It's it just it's so tough to put a finger on it. It's a delicate issue, politically speaking. So Wall Street overnight was like, what's going on? It's almost dysfunctional the way our political news PR machine is running. Pfizer and BioNTech. They struck a deal with the United States government to provide another 100 million additional doses of their COVID vaccine by the end of July. So that's another, like, answer to all of our puzzles. Big puzzle right now is how many people are going to die. How much are the people getting sick going to hurt the U.S. economy? Does the vaccine actually respond to any mutations that are out there? There's some questions. Apple's higher today, and my answer to why is I don't know. So, you know, I said there's some answers to questions. The economic data's fallen in place. We're starting to understand some things with COVID and vaccine numbers and deliverables, and and will the shots work against mutations, which was a big concern yesterday on Wall Street. I can tell you, economic data is easier to, like, gauge per se. Initial claims for the week ending December 19th decreased by 89,000. So um, we're taking a look at how many people have lost their jobs. 
So the continuing uh, first-time unemployment claims, any number over 350, 400,000 is bad. Any number beneath 350,000 and 400,000 is good. But that's not during a pandemic. It's really – it's not tough to gauge. It's not my job to gauge what businesses do when you know the government say you're not allowed to allow people in your building. Whether it's a restaurant or whether it's a small business or whether it's a big business. We kind of see the big business can work through it, so we're it's a little bit less of an impact. But our first-time unemployment claims are not good right now. Investor sentiment can be fickle. So we've had a few bad days in a row waiting for stimulus, waiting for stimulus. We get stimulus, and we still fell. The S&P 500, a little bit higher today. Dow Jones Industrial Average, a little bit higher. NASDAQ, a little bit lower. But again, there's no direction on this market. Stocks are rising after jobless claims improve week over week. But month over month, they're disappointing. We know that we needed the stimulus. We got the stimulus. (laughs) Donald Trump is criticizing the stimulus. You're like... Ah, can this not get easier? Burger King is selling $1 food. Why is Burger King out there selling food that costs $1? The dollar have it your way menu. It's debuting on December 28th. So make uh, McDonald's isn't trying to do that. They're not doing the extreme discounting that Burger King's doing. The menu only has four items, a bacon cheeseburger, a chicken junior sandwich, fries, and a soft drink for a dollar. What Burger King's are doing is push their new menu and say, hey, millennials, we know our food isn't healthy. They're internal editor on. They can't say that out loud. But they need to make it aware to you. Um, ABC, NBC, CBS isn't doing what they used to do in offering like commercials that are effective with a wide swath of the population because millennials have such depth of content out there with YouTube and everything else. So Burger King is doing a select PayPal, Venmo, platform, relationship, promotional thing to spread the word, social media. Social media influencers are getting bigger and bigger bang for the buck for the traditional companies that needed advertising. It is fun to look at this stuff. Video game stocks set to rise in 2021. Morgan Stanley is recommending three video game publishers as its top picks in the sector for 2021. They believe that these three video game publishers have all gained players during the COVID-19. And that that success will maintain and retain those new customers, players slash customers, whatever you want to call us. So one of the trends that we definitively know is that during COVID-19 pandemic, 
shutdown 2020 is that more people played video games. And I'll tell you, it's almost if it's Xbox and Sony planned the COVID-19 issue. I know you're saying, where are you going with this, Rob? This is getting dark. It's almost as if they planned it because everything came together. We kind of fell back in love with video games because we're working from home. Hint, hint, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, not playing video games. And two new consoles launched at the end of what we expected to be COVID-19. But eh, the vaccine is kind of launching with it, so it's probably another six-plus months. Who are these three video game makers that I'm talking about that Wall Street's in love with for 2021? Stick around. Wait. I'll give you the answer when we come back from break. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. The podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220, KDOW. 2020 is wrapping up. Take a look at the calendar and you've probably gotten your last paycheck of the year. Hopefully you've maxed out your 401k. That's the number one lesson that I kind of push again and again and again. Here to talk about the economy and Wall Street and how they interconnect as he does every day at briefing.com at the start of the day with page one, Patrick O'Hare. How are you, Mr. O'Hare? Good morning, Rob. I'm hanging in there. Thanks. Hope you are as well. Hanging in there, waiting for the year to kind of be over. But did the stimulus package not take a weird twist with the Donald Trump uh, admonishing Congress last night for not giving more? Because does that delay things? It becomes the first question. Probably not. But even when we get kind of a check mark on what do we need to have fall in place, it's a questionable check mark this year. Don't write it in pen, I guess, is the right answer or thought for people. What do you think about uh, what's happening with that whole stimulus plan, Mr. O'Hare? Uh, well, a weird twist in politics. Should we expect anything less, right? Okay. So, right. Um, yes, this was, you know, surprising. Um, and, uh, and really, though, from, you know, from the market's vantage point, um, it's uh, it's maybe the best of both worlds in some respects, right? Because the market oh, had already grown comfortable with the notion that it was going to get this stimulus deal that included a $600 direct stimulus check. And so to see it potentially, you know, the president talk about supersizing that to $2,000, well, that's just, you know, something that's going to make the market happier if it actually came to fruition. So it's not like it's um, – going to be scuttled altogether. It's just a question of whether there's going to be a revision to this deal that makes it even bigger. And, you know, you and I both know that this market has loved the idea of large stimulus, um, notwithstanding payback issues down the road. Um, it's, it's very happy here and now to know that it's getting as much as it possibly can get to help forge the recovery effort that everyone sees coming in 2021. Over the weekend, and I'm not going to blame CNN, but world news started reporting that the coronavirus is mutating in Europe. And as those reports kind of grew in in loudness, I, I think people got a little bit more scared about Wall Street and world markets. 
how do you think the Pfizer and BioNTech deal, they announced another 100 million uh, vaccines for the United States by the end of summer? They, how, that news is confusing. Like we get the vaccine and then we don't have the vaccine. And then a couple of days later, we think we still have the vaccine. Um, interesting to watch this play out from a PR kind of perspective, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, now they, you know, actually have to deliver on the deal. So, um, you know, there's high hopes that they can and, and everyone should hope that they do. And uh, and if, you know, we're able to get to a point where just one supplier is providing up to 200 million doses, uh, uh, you know, of their vaccine. Well, that's obviously very good. And then you, you layer on top of that, you know, Moderna's vaccine and maybe one from Johnson and Johnson or, or some others, right. By the time the middle of the year comes around and, and you can start to feel, you know, a lot better about the prospect of um, um, mass adoption of this vaccine, which is going to help obviously contain the spread of the virus and help uh, restore some sense of normalcy in terms of everyday living uh, that will ultimately be good for the U S and global economy. And um, you know, so that's, you know, a constructive development, uh, really. Uh, and they think that the market, in some respects today anyway, is kind of sees that, uh, that news and, and is, you know, is, is maintaining this positive bias um, helped by the, you know, the recognition that there's still positive momentum behind vaccine approval, vaccine distribution, vaccine development efforts that are going to, uh, you know, help us put 2020 in, in the rearview mirror, and gladly so. Putting 2020 in the rearview mirror hasn't been bad from an investor standpoint, so I almost want it to linger. I know it's a silly thing to say because <laughs> that's really not the PR. That, I don't want that cut it and captured and, and replayed. But the S&P 500 is up 14% this year. That's not so bad. The Nasdaq's up 40%. The Dow I've never cared about because it's 30 stocks and they seem to be slow to add components. Like they'll probably add tests of the day. It's worth more than any other company. Yeah. It's it's <laughs> it's frustrating to me if that makes any sense. Um, it's been a pretty good year. What's your messaging on that, Mr. O'Hare, as we wrap up 2020? Um, do we take it for granted that capitalism will always be capitalism? How do we recap 2020 in a po- on the gains that are so positive? Well – you know, I think you can recap it and, and uh, you know, with the, the revelation that it's a, you know, it's a reflection of, uh, of stimulus, really, um, and, and the, the abiding belief that um, government, the Fed, you know, won't let bad things happen if it's ultimately going to undo the equity market. I mean, that's, that seems to be, you know, one of the things that the market's been riding high on, you know, and we can talk about the creation of moral hazard uh, that, you know, is coming into play here. Uh, the potential for the inflating of yet another equity market bubble. Um, we have pockets of excess clearly already in the market, you know, from a broader standpoint, sure, you can still make the argument that we're not, you know, bubble-esque, but what I'm alluding to really is, you know, after the dot-com bubble, um, you know, things ran for several years before that thing ultimately imploded. And, you know, you can run yourself into a similar situation now with where we are with interest rates and with the Fed 
effectively, you know, endorsing every meeting this notion that they're not going anywhere and they're going to continue to provide this policy support and do what they can to hold interest rates down. And so you have a market flush with liquidity that's going to kind of ride high on the idea that they can get away with it, uh, so to speak, by taking prices ever higher. Uh, At some point, there is payback that's going to come into play here because you are going to get, uh, you know, multiples that are just so outlandish. Uh, and and in the end, fundamentals always matter. And if you get interest rates moving up or you get some type of indication that the Fed might be trying to extricate itself from this accommodative monetary policy, you know, the stock market's going to, you know, run into some issues. Now, um, I don't know when that is. And, you know, like I said, it could be several years from now. So you're kind of playing a little bit of fire here, uh, but you have to be careful about that. <laughs> Come on, we want to know exactly what is going to happen. Um, <laughs> so, for, if I could put words into our mouths, this is an interesting market, and we're enjoying it. But dark, it's breaking a lot of norms. Um, <clears throat> anything that you're working on right now, Mr. O'Hare, that you want to bring awareness to? I know you're. This is the time of year where people are, are looking towards the next year. Are you doing any big market market recaps uh, for business? Uh, in your columns? Yeah, yeah. So so this week, Rob, we're kind of taking a, a vacation, if you will, from the big picture. Um, you know, normally posted on Friday. And, and uh, you know, I think you know, a lot of people have a lot better things to do than to uh, read my market commentary on Christmas Day. So, uh, but next, uh, you know, next week, I will be kind of posting a year in review as I, as I do each year. And, um, and as you and I have talked about all year, um, there's a lot to talk about. There's a lot to recap. Uh, so, um, so that's what's coming down the down the pipe here. Um, but yeah, in the meantime, you know, I just continue to marvel at how this market just continues to be underpinned by you know all that liquidity that's out there and and this uh, you know abiding belief that you know everything is going to be hunky dory in 2021 and uh, and that the market would be you know poised for some really really nice returns. And from an investor standpoint, you know, sure, we, I think we can all hope that that is the case. Um, but as we've all learned through the years, there's always some, something happens, something arises that kind of like uh, upsets the apple cart. So you have to be on watch for that uh, without falling into this mode of complacency that the market seems to be in right now, that only good things will happen. Uh, and that, therefore, you can continue to drive stock prices higher without any real accounting for, you know, true fundamental value. Well, let's leave it at there. That <clears throat> Patrick O'Hare with briefing.com will say 2020 is kind of in the record books in a very head-scratching kind of way. We still have six trading sessions left, but you can find briefing.com at briefing.com. Think of the word stock briefing and information. Thanks, Mr. O'Hare. Um, in the morning, getting briefed on how the day is going to play out. That's how I start my day every day. The last 20 years on Wall Street is, is checking out Mr. O'Hare's page one. Some days, if I'm a little stressed on the markets, maybe I might be stre- looking at European markets. But that's even something that briefing.com reports on. I know they're, they're, you're like – they really start early. They go all night long. So one of the things I wanted to hit this segment was some video game stocks because 2020 has been a record-breaking year in sales as millions of people have headed indoors. 
I wanted to ask Pat with we knew 5G and the Xbox Series 5 and the PlayStation 5 or Xbox Series 1 and the uh, PlayStation 5 were going to come out this year. We knew that, but the pandemic helped it even more. So video the game, video game industry this year, 2020, is on track for revenues that will exceed both sports and film combined. Interesting, no? I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Find me online at robblackshow.com, Twitter at Rob Black Show, and YouTube at Rob Black Show. The podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220, KDOW. I'm not very stylish. I'm probably known for my lack of style. But ugly Christmas sweaters are a thing, right? This year, we've seen a big drop in foot traffic in for companies that sell product. There's something called a Christmas jumper. I don't want to go there. I don't want to think about it. I don't want it to get one and put it in basically landfill shortly thereafter. But it does open up for great bad jokes, right? To end this year, I want to say one area that I want you to start focusing on with just some adult respect this year. Video game stocks. They're set to have a good 2021. I was reading some demographic data from the research group tied towards retail sales. And we know that foot traffic in malls are down, but four of every five U.S. consumers have played a video game in the past six months. Four of every five U.S. consumers have played a video game in the past six months. Now, some of those are free, and some of those are $70. But that's what came out of 2020. More players spending more time with more money on the premium titles. To buy a good video game now... If your kid wants the cutting-edge video game the day that it's released, which they do a good job of pulling off, it's 70 bucks. And in your head, you're like, well, that's a movie. So you take your kid to a movie this weekend. You go. He goes. He brings a friend. Popcorn, popcorn, popcorn. Soda, soda, soda. Goobers. Raisinets. Remember when we used to go to movies? That's what a movie is now, a video game. Same cost, big upfront cost, but with a movie theater, you're, you're one and done. You're done by the afternoon. But with a video game, you might get two or three months of good evolution play out of it. If it's a good game, the titles typically when hardware launches aren't great and they get better in years two, three, four, five. So Xbox and Sony PlayStation have launched this year. Morgan Stanley um, did a research or helped fund a research poll. And it talked about how more Americans are going to spend more time and more money on gaming. And it's significant. So take a look at Activision, Electronic Arts, Take-Two, 
They will all benefit from having $10 mores on their titles. They will all benefit from four out of five consumers playing games. There's one video game maker that I hate saying out loud because I just don't like the company where it started, Mark Pincus and Zynga. But I was looking at video game data last night. So I was extrapolating the Morgan Stanley poll about four out of five Americans playing video games. And I was playing with some spreadsheets and I was like, whoa, are you kidding me? Take two's got a big title right now. Um, Activision has a big title right now. But the one that surprised me on the sheet was Zynga. I, I'm not a Harry Potter fan in any way, shape, or form. Kid genius or kid wizard. Like, it wasn't me, right? It hit a lot of people. I get that it was a phenomenon. I get that it, why it was a phenomenon. But Zynga's got access to selling that title. It's pretty, pretty fascinating. U.S. has ordered another 100 million vaccines from Pfizer and signed a deal for Merck's COVID treatment. Holiday sales have been hurt by shipping networks this year. What was supposed to be their you know, ultimate nirvana, like economic uh, perfect storm, COVID mixing in with more online retail sales. And governors even telling malls they have to shut down. Like e-commerce was like high five and they were giving it to uh, the UPSs and the FedExs. But they're kind of collapsing. They, they weren't ready for it this year. You're hearing if you have ordered things, you probably won't get them if it's from the United States Postal Service. And I think the first hint on that was they're having problems delivering ballots. <laughs> what a year 2020 has been. Oh, I'm about to kill myself. Airlines have started the complex process of calling back more than 32,000 furloughed workers. Trump has called the COVID relief bill unsuitable and demands Congress add bigger stimulus checks. I dig that we just went through a segment where we talked about how that could be a good thing because it creates even more underlying optimism that we're going to eventually have to deal with down the road. S&P 500 is trying to break from a three-day losing streak. It feels like we're directionless. It feels like the rudder on the S&P 500 boat was like, let's finish Christmas well. And then that rudder broke and we're not really – it's it's good. But when you look at like the day-to-day returns, you're like, where are they? How do you even sum this up? It's like sideways. That's right. So Burger King will deposit a $1 bill into your select PayPal or Venmo account. They're paying you to try their food. <laughs> that's, that's how good it is. Oh, I swear it's not poison. Eat it. I'll give you a dollar. <laughs> if you eat it, I'll give you a dollar. That's never a good way of marketing, is it? Yes. Yes. In time of economic stimulus packages, that's what Burger King has come up with. And I kind of love it. FUBU TV, I want you to take a look at this one because it's kind of wrapping up 2020. They are on the watch. They've got... Um, they're rocking. Ticker symbol is Fubo, F-U-B-O. And basically, it's a streaming service that's not Time Warner Plus. It's not Netflix. It's not Disney Plus. There's no Baby Yoda, but it's sports. And people are falling in love with it hard this week. Take a look. I mean, it, it has a play if they can get exclusives. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. The podcast with music? 
find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. It feels weird to say the year 2020 is coming to a close. It has been a very fast year. It has been a year that has left our heads spinning by financial decisions based on economic data that you almost had to have that snake from the Jungle Book approach. Trust me. It's going to be okay if you believe in capitalism. It's been a very odd year, and yet it's reaffirmed to me the concept of trust in the market. And the idea of capitalism is creative destruction. If you ever want to get into a business model with me, one of them would be financial trading cards. You could have like Treasury Secretary Jerome Powell and it'll have his birth date, his biggest financial quote that you need to walk away with. Um, for like, for instance, you can have one on me. And one of the things I'll say is just pay attention to those jobs numbers on the first Friday of every month. <clears throat> and you'd be like, well, that would be naive, but that would be the one, if I were to give you one nugget, <clears throat> I'm going to stand by that one and say, let's say that job, if we have jobs, we tend to do okay as a country. Um, I know it's, it's too simple to say that, but 2020, um, let's start a business together. And one of my business models is trading cards and we could see how we feel all things considered. <laughs> if we can give one quote from one person every single time, the SP 500 is up 14% this year. <clears throat> I saw that. And with six trading days left in the year, there's a good chance we're going to eke out a gain in 2020. Who would have thought? So energy and financial stocks are doing the best today. Pfizer and BioNTech, they announced a second deal with the U.S. government to supply an additional 100 million doses of their COVID vaccine, COVID-19 vaccine. It's funny because as I approached my interview today with Patrick O'Hare, I thought the news was more negative than it is because, no, it's more positive. Trump threatening to veto or not even sign and just let it become law. By doing nothing, I don't get the messaging of by doing nothing, but okay. That sh- I thought that could have been like a negative for Wall Street. Nope. He's like, it could add more stimulus. <laughs> okay. The messaging is odd. Pfizer and BioNTech getting their uh, vaccine, another hit of doses. So we're starting to get into numbers that are material and should end the pandemic in the United States and open up business as usual. By the fall of 2021. And until then, we're business as unusual. And we're trying to make the most of it that we can and try to, you know, put as many concepts together as we can to become better investors. But the market's done its job. The Nasdaq's up 40%. The S&P 500 up 14. <clears throat> I could have written this if you had asked me. That's a, a dream scenario. And yet... Joseph Schumpter, who we could put on a football, a baseball card. One of my favorite economists. Capitalism is creative destruction. 
And if we didn't learn that this year, what is it? So capitalism hit video games. One new analyst poll said that four out of five American adults, i.e. people who have spent money with a credit card or debit card in the last year, four out of five of those people have played video games. It's a stunning amount of user base. When you look at the user base of Facebook and you go, how many people log on every month? Monthly average users. Like, you're like, how many? It, it, that's what. That's how you value the company. <clears throat> you look at video games and what they've pulled forward. This year, Activision shares are up 50%. Electronic Arts is up 30%. Take-Two Interactive up 65%. Zynga stock is up 66%. And the SP 500 is up just 14%. If that's not the biggest point to my father... Like, you're you're not always right. It doesn't have to be GE. It doesn't have to be JP Morgan. It you can invest in other things. It doesn't have to be American Express. And I, in 2021, I want you to have an agenda that you understand and makes sense to you. So, whether it be video games in the pandemic or flu shots in the pandemic, creative destruction. We've seen a lot of business models open up for the first time ever in 2021. Digital shopping has dominated the holiday season. Just a few days left. It's been dominated by e-commerce. Visits to bricks and mortar stores did climb, but not much. Um. Sales down 11% year over year. So sometimes it's totally obvious and sometimes it's a little bit more subtle. But find a sector that you feel very comfortable with. I'm not going to say and run with it because I think diversification is a better approach. Um, But adding flavor to your food is – aren't spices wonderful? It's interesting to note that in the last 60 years, we've seen the number of spices in your spice drawer go from 4 to 16 to over 30. That's pretty impressive. And I'm guilty of that. It's funny because I have a second home, vacation home, getaway home. I have a small home that I live in, and then I have a bigger home that I get away in. And... One of the first things I do is I look at my spices. Like, what am I going to cook with this week? For millennials, it's it's represented in the Doritos. It's represented in Taco Bell. Taco Bell puts together some crazy menu items. You're like, do we really need the tapatia black bun that scorches your mouth? <clears throat> yes. Because millennials have taste buds that want to be tickled. It's almost like a vacation, if you will. So there is a company you can buy that's tied towards spices. There is a company you can buy that's tied towards video games. That's kind of how I want you to look at where we're going. Um, I want you to come up with something that's you. As far as sectors go, it's kind of tricky when you say that 
But if I can get you to love following stocks, that's great. I don't necessarily want you to invest in stocks. You know what 2021 is going to be? 2021 is going to be one of those years that we question, was Robinhood a good idea or not? The number of Americans <clears throat> jumping into online retail trading, CNBC has fallen all over itself because they love the idea of um, <clears throat> sorry, my voice is drying up on me. <laughs> the stories of individual stocks and sectors is a big story this year, and the retail investor was probably the story of 2020 on some way, shape, or form. Because we keep hearing stories and stories again and again about Robinhood trader accounts, the retail account, the retail investor. Be very cautious in 2021, okay? There's be some hell to pay for all the performance we got in 2020. What happened in 2021? Too early to call. I'll probably.